Welcome, welcome to Christmas. All of our campuses, Homer, New Lenox, well, those of you watching online, all of you, welcome. We're glad you're here. My name's Tim. I'm the pastor here, and we want to welcome you to Christmas. I know some of you are bummed out that we're not doing Die Hard. I, I, I tried. I really did. I, I looked for Yippie Kaye in the New Testament, and I just couldn't find it anywhere. So, so I gave up and said, you know what? This is the one we're doing, right? We got to do this one. I mean, it's classic. It's a major award. I want, a, I want a Red Rider, I want a Red Rider BB gun. I want a carbon action 200 shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock and this thing that tells time. That's what he would say every chance he got to anybody who would listen. And he kept running into the same roadblock. You'll, thank you. You sounded just like the teacher. That was good. You'll shoot your eye out, right? But he didn't care because this was what he wanted. Christmas expectation was everything. Do you remember what that was like? Maybe it is what it's like. You've written to Santa. You've dropped the hints. You wrote an essay for your teacher. Probably a lot of us remember what it was like to, to really want that present that bad as a kid. It's funny to me, as I was thinking back about it, I had a Red Rider BB gun. That's not the one that stood out to me. The, the, the Christmas that stood out to me was the year I wanted one of these. Don't ask me why. A pogo stick. I just really, I mean, you got to understand, uh, there was nothing electronic, nothing with batteries, you know. We weren't, we weren't Amish. I'm just that old, okay. This was like the coolest thing that we could get that year, and I got one, and I wore the rubber off the bottom, and I know you're looking at me like, bounce on it, bounce on it. No, I, I still have a lot more services to do, okay. Not, not going to happen. I'm just telling you. That's my best Christmas memory ever. How about as a grown-up, what's your, what's your Christmas want? What's your list this year? New 4K TV, those look fun, right? iPhone, PlayStation, something from he went to Jared or every kiss begins with K. I just think the idea of buying kisses is wrong. Can I say that? I just want, I just want to say, if every kiss begins with K, every cuddle begins with Best Buy. Can I get an amen from you, brothers? All right. Amen from you? Yeah, somebody tweet that. I mean, I'm tired of it. It's ridiculous. Some of you are like realizing right now that was the first time you've ever said amen in a church service, isn't it? It's kind of freaking you out. The theme of Christmas story is, is expectation. It's about a boy who thinks he knows what he wants, and he wants it so bad that nothing else really matters. Bullies don't matter. Disappointment with the commercialism of Ovaltine and Little Orphan Annie doesn't matter. Friends' tongues stuck to flagpoles doesn't matter. Even Schwartz's breach of etiquette from a double dog dare straight to a triple dog dare, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters because of the expectation of Christmas. I'm excited to be with my grandchildren. They're, they're going to be in. They're all out of town, but they, they're going to be in for Christmas. We're going to have Christmas together. I have two of them that are old enough to start getting it, one who's two years old and one who's three, and I think they're going to start getting it, especially three-year-old Charlie. I think he's going to start really getting into it this year. Plus, you got to admit, he kind of looks like Ralphie, right? I got him the glasses on Amazon and sent him down. I said, I think you got a Ralphie thing going on there, Charlie. I, I, I think that, that for us, that my guess is for most of you as grown-ups, it's probably not a, a thing necessarily. I mean, if, you, if we really got deep down into your heart, your Christmas expectation is something that can't really be put under a tree. It's, it's medical. It's, it's financial. It's, it's emotional. It's relational. It's maybe even spiritual. And many times, <clears throat> our Christmas expectations don't get met. 
Not all of my Christmases were merry and bright either. My Christmas story didn't always go the way I wanted to. I didn't always get what I wanted. We spent one Christmas when our kids were little with a five-year-old daughter hooked up to chest tubes in pediatric intensive care at Loyola University. It was pneumonia that went bad. It was just a downhill thing, man. Just pneumonia, Palis Hospital, if that's not bad enough for a five-year-old. Oh, we can't do enough here. You're going to have to transfer her to Loyola. Uh Oh, we can't do enough for her now. She's got an infection on the outside of her lungs. We need to do surgery two days before Christmas to remove the empyema on the outside of her lungs. She's five years old to the memory that will never, ever go out of my mind when they put us in a regular room and they said, we'll we'll be back here. It's not going to be that hard of a surgery. We'll be back. And and remember watching them wheel her right past us saying, we're going to have to take her to intensive care for a while. You know what intensive care means, right? Normal isn't enough. Intensive. Pediatric intensive care, Loyola Hospital. A little while was four days. Over Christmas, through Christmas, while my wife and I are running back and forth doing Christmas Eve services, taking care of the other kids. That's a memory that, that, that will never go away. That was an unmet Christmas expectation. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there too. Somehow, some way, you know what I'm talking about. Now, she pulled through. Here's Mike Nada. She's pregnant with her second, her second and our fourth grandchild. Everything turned out okay, but it was not the way we wanted our Christmas story to go. And I think that's why the Christmas story movie, I mean, there's all these icons and, it, and it's fun, you know, and it was based on Hammond, Indiana. It was actually filmed in, mostly in Cleveland because Cleveland more, looked more like Hammond than Hammond did at the time they filmed it, um, believe it or not. But it was this real life thing, you know. It was like 1983 was when it came out and it was the first real life Christmas movie, I think. I mean, I didn't relate to George Bailey. I, I love that movie, but I couldn't relate to him. I couldn't relate with Dan- with Bing Crosby dancing with Danny Kay, you know? I couldn't, I couldn't do that. But I could relate to unmet Christmas expectations. And we need you to understand, uh, if you're new here, if you've never been here before, if you want to come back, we'd love to have you. And we're a church that gets reality. I mean, we really do. We're not the kind of church where you're going to come in here and we're going to tell you that God's just going to take all your problems away and everything's going to be okay. Because that's not what he said. It's going to be okay eventually, But he's here with us. That's the key. The series that we're going to do, again, don't start next weekend. No services at our campuses next weekend physically. It's an online service that we're putting out. But the weekend after that, we're starting a series called This Is Us. And we're not really using the TV show. It's just a real easy way to talk about reality. That's kind of a TV show that's based on the problems that people experience in their life. In the first weekend, January 6th and 7th, I'm going to be doing a message about how to make 2018 different than 2017. I think you want to be here for that. And then the next week, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about our self-image and how hard it is to figure out that God loves us and, and that he's what we need when we're in this world of social media. And we're always comparing. And the next week we're going to talk about marriage in a real reality kind of a way and and talk about what marriage really looks like. And the fourth week is about addiction because that's reality. Many of us struggle with that. As a matter of fact, um, we have a guest speaker in that weekend. It's Daryl Strawberry. If you're a baseball fan, you know the name Daryl Strawberry. He's a Hall of Fame baseball player who uh, was also a cokehead. 
and snorted $30 million worth of cocaine during his baseball career until he finally got clean, he found Jesus, and he's going to be here. That's the reality of it, okay? That's what we want you to understand. Our Father loves us, and he gives us good gifts, but the best thing is he actually knows what we need. So if you're here at this, at this Christmas Eve service, and you don't know if you believe in a Heavenly Father, or you don't know if your Father is good or not because you've had unmet Christmas expectations, in your life, this service is for you. Let's go to Cleveland. Sometimes my job is just fun. We came to Cleveland, we pulled some connections. We are in the Christmas Story house. I mean, like, literally in the house. There are people driving by right now, looking in the window, going, it's a major award. Yeah, the electric sex right there, that's where it is. This is where we are. And it's fun for me because the whole concept of Christmas is sometimes what we hope for on Christmas and what we actually get don't line up. Our Christmas story doesn't work the way that it's supposed to. Ralphie wants a Red Ryder BB gun and he gets a bunny suit. You ever feel that way? You know, you've been praying and hoping for one thing, this thing in your life that you want more than anything else. And it's cute when Ralphie, you know, when it's Ralphie, and it's funny when it's a bunny suit, but it's not, it's not funny if it's something really important. And for us, it's usually not things. It's, it's life. It's, I really want this physical healing to happen. I really want a marriage to start. I really want my marriage to come back from the brink. I, I really need a job. I, I really want kids. I, I want freedom from addiction. Whatever that thing is, and whatever, for whatever reason, you, you may feel like Ralphie did. Like you get to Christmas and you're like, hey man, I, I put the ad in the Life magazine. I wrote the, I wrote the article for school, you know, I wrote the paper. I did everything I could and I tried to be a good person who deserved these good gifts and it still didn't happen. And then there's this moment in this movie, this moment in this film that happens right, right here in this room. Ralphie's dad says, did you get everything you wanted? And, and, and his response is simple. Well, almost. I mean, he's a good kid. And his father, who at this point has not openly told him anything else is going on, says, well, that's life. Have you been there? You ever felt like that? He says, well, there's always next Christmas, right? Been, been there, felt that way. And then he looks across the room over in, over in the corner. He says, wait, what, what is that over in the corner? Here's the scripture I keep coming back to with this scene. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then he says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a rock, a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? I mean, maybe a rubber one because you're a dad and, and it's funny for a minute. But, but if you then, he says, though you are evil, and that's really not a good translation, it's sinful, okay? If you then, though you are sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I love Darren McGavin cast as the father in this thing because he just presents like reality, right? A father out of the 40s. Um, and, and he's got problems. So when I'm thinking Jesus is saying, though you, though you are sinful, okay, 
Um, here, here's some of the lines. Though, though, you, though you are sinful, may work in profanity like other artists work in oil or clay. I love Gene Shepard, how he wrote this. Though you occasionally weave a tapestry of profanity that still hangs over Lake Michigan today. Though you, as a dad, seem way too interested in a lamp that looks like a burlesque dancer. Though you have obvious anger issues, so much so that your younger son is going to hide in the cupboard because he's literally afraid you're going to kill Ralphie for getting in a fight. Though you, some men are Catholic, some men are Baptist, my father was an Oldsmobile man. Though you, though you are evil, though you are sinful, you still like giving good gifts. Interesting tidbit. Did you know that Jack Nicholson was almost cast as the dad? Can you imagine that? What a disaster. Hey, Bumpuses, here's Johnny. You want a BB gun? You can't handle a BB gun. I'm sorry. That just would have not been right. I love the character as it was. Because even though he was not, not perfect, right? He still just relished the opportunity. He was so happy for the opportunity to give the BB gun. There's this scene where Ralphie moves across the room into the corner to discover the deepest desire of his heart, the Red Rider BB gun. Let's watch it. I love that scene. We, we all know as grown-ups, if you're a parent, you all know that you can, you can think back about childhood. You can think back about, you know, I wanted that pogo stick. I wanted that Red Rider BB gun. You know, I, I just, I, I, I wanted this so bad, right? But you know, when you become a father or a mother and you get the chance to give a gift, it's, it's way better than any gift you ever got. And that's how our father feels about us. There's something beautiful and practical for us right here. And here's the other part. You and I only catch what's right in front of us. I mean, oftentimes we're just white knuckling life. We're squeezing so hard for everything that we want and that one thing that we want more than any other. And we lose the vision of what could be sitting in the room with us. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe that's your Christmas story right now. You've been looking for, for the wrong gifts or, or the right gifts in the wrong places. Maybe you think Santa's going to handle it. You think if you're good enough, you're going to get it. You think if you just want it enough, we're going to get it. But the beauty of Christmas is that our Heavenly Father, if, if you then, though you are sinful, if I, as a sinful dad, love giving gifts so much, our Father wants to give us the perfect gift. And our Heavenly Father knows exactly what we need. And we have to do absolutely nothing to deserve it. Jesus was that gift. He was and is the gift that resolves the, the, the problem that people have been trying to resolve since the beginning of time. How can I earn the right to have God's love? How can I be in God's family? There's, there's no earning it. It's just receiving. Maybe you've been looking in the right place. Maybe you haven't. Maybe this is the year you rewrite your Christmas story. Here's what I want you to understand. Our Father loves us. He gives us the good gifts. But the best thing is he knows what we need. I mean, Ralphie gets the BB gun. Is that what he needed? Well, what's the first thing he does? 
He shoots himself in the eye, right? Point made, mom, okay? He got what he wanted, but eventually, here's what I know. The joy of old blue wore off. Things changed. Black Bart and his gang never showed up. Ralphie grew up and went to college. His mom sold his gun at a garage sale, even though it would be worth hundreds of dollars as a collector's item today, right? I'm not bitter. I'm just saying you had an attic, mom. Our Heavenly Father knows what we need, and sometimes we don't. It was the same way the very first Christmas. God's children had been hoping and praying for the gift that they thought they wanted, which was a Messiah that had been promised. But their idea of the Messiah was a Messiah who was going to be an earthly king. And that's what they thought they wanted. They didn't really get it. They didn't see the bigger picture. They had Christmas expectations, but they weren't the right one. And it's ironic, as you read through the Christmas story, there's really only one guy who really gets it. And and we never talk about him. He's not in your nativity set, probably. His name is Simeon. This is a few verses after the normal Christmas story part, when they take Jesus for his baby dedication. And Simeon is there. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. Hang on to that, okay? Okay. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. We we don't know how long Simeon has been waiting. We, we, We don't have any idea. He has an expectation that every time he's at the temple and he sees a baby come in in swaddling clothes, he's going to rush over to go see it. Imagine you're a mom, right? And this crazy man, who's that crazy old man coming over? Ah, it's just Simeon. He's looking for the Messiah. That's what's going on in the temple. Jesus is 40 days old, 40 days old. They bring him into the temple, and for the first time, he's not disappointed. He saw Jesus. We don't know why, we don't know how it worked, but somehow God told him that's the gift. And here's what he said. This is what's important. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you can now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, I can die now. It's all good. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He gets it. He gets what the present really needed to be. Notice he doesn't say, my eyes have seen the joy, joy to the world. My eyes have seen peace, prince of peace, peace on earth. Those would happen. Those are the byproducts, but they're the byproducts of the real present. The real present was salvation. Evidently, Simeon understood what the most important thing was, okay? Somebody wrote this years ago. They said, if God thought we needed information, he would have sent an educator. If he thought we needed technology, it would have been a scientist. If he thought we needed money, an economist. Pleasure, an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent a savior. Why is that important? The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Salvation might not be your Christmas expectation this year, but it should be because it's way more important than anything else. Our father knew that. That's why the Christmas story went down this way. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. You've heard this story before. You know this, right? Joseph didn't believe her. Angel shows up, says, no, no, it's legit. And here's why it's important. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus 
because he will save the people from their sins. Literally, this name Jesus means savior, means save the people from their sins. That's what you were looking for. That's the real present. That's the thing that our father knows we needed. Everything else hinges on that gift. Our joy, our peace, our physical healing, our relational healing, power over fear, power over addiction, all of those things hinge on salvation. You see, Christmas doesn't stand by itself. It goes together with that other holy day that happens on our calendar. Perhaps the next time I'll see many of you. <laughs> Easter, yeah. Hey, it's cool. We love you, Christers. That's what we call you. We love you, okay? It's, it's all good. You're missing some stuff, but you're hitting the big stuff. It's, it's great. You just don't ever, see, here's what I want to ask you. Just please don't ever separate them. They have to go together. Baby Jesus in his golden fleece diaper is only a part of it, okay? If the son doesn't grow up and give his life in exchange for mine, I'm still doomed. Which is why, ironically, I know you've heard this story a lot, but you've got to understand the wise men came and they brought presents, right? What did they bring? Gold, that's fit for a king, right? Frankincense, that would be what a priest would use. Jesus was our king. He's the king and he's our high priest. We don't need another priest anymore, and what is this? It's embalming fluid. Do you, I'm not, I know you, maybe you don't know this. That's the oil they anointed dead bodies with. Do you get that? Hey, congratulations on your baby. I got you a cemetery plot. <laughs> what kind of a baby gift is that? Don't romanticize this story. The, the symbolism is huge because Jesus was born to be the king and born to be the priest. And he was born to die. Joy to the world and peace on earth and good news of great joy, which will be to all people. It's not about Christmas. It's about where Christmas is going to lead. Please, if you are a universalist and you think that all roads lead to heaven and all religions are the same, it's great. We're glad you're here. We're happy for you. Maybe that seems like the easiest way out. Maybe you got drugged to a service here at Parkview by somebody and you're like, I, I don't know. Maybe you just came because it was easier. I love this billboard. Christmas, easier to spell than Hanukkah. So yeah, I'm just going that way, okay? <laughs> Whatever, we don't care why you're here. We're glad you're here. Just please understand how illogical it is to a Christian when you say that it doesn't matter how you get to God. What you're saying is that I'm worshiping a heavenly father who I believe loves me and I love who decided to send Jesus into the world to die for the world just in case some people want to come to him that way. How could the crucifixion of God's son possibly be just one option? It's irrational. If Jesus didn't have to die to provide for my salvation, this whole thing is ludicrous. If you can just live a good moral life and still experience eternal life with God, nothing in this story makes sense. Why would he send his son? Jesus' brother James says, whoever is guilty of breaking one part of the law is breaking all of it. Paul said the wages of sin is death. That's why the gift of salvation is actually the most important gift and the one your father wants to give you. The wording about Simeon, remember that? He was righteous and devout. 
I mean, think about it, you guys. This is the guy that God sent a message to to say, hey, you're a special person. I'm going to give you the ability to see my Messiah on the earth. That's a pretty tight relationship. And yet, in spite of all of that, he was deeply in need and just wanted to recognize God's intervention and help in his life. That's all he stayed alive for was to see the salvation. Sovereign Lord, you can dismiss me now. I've seen your salvation. That's why we call it good news. Because the pressure's off of me and on to Jesus. That's why we sing, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Maybe that's not the gift you thought you were looking for, or maybe you've been looking for it in the wrong place. But I want to tell you, it is the right gift, and your father gave it to you, and he is so excited to give you the best present you could ever get. You know what a white elephant gift is? White elephant gift exchange, ever done that? You know, which is basically just wrap up junk, right? Stuff you couldn't sell at your last garage sale. If you haven't ever done this, it's a fun way to not spend money at a Christmas party. You just wrap up junk that, you know, you, you don't need. And you wrap it up and you put it in a pile and everybody gets a number and, and, and you take a present, okay? So we did that with my wife's family last weekend. We were down in Missouri with them having, having, having Christmas and, and I wrapped up a Hannah Montana poster. It was, you say, why would you have a Hannah Montana poster? Oh, I got it out of my neighbor's trash several years ago so I could prank someone because I had the key to their house and I hung it up in their house. It's just, you know, how I work, okay? Somehow I got it back and we wrapped it up and my brother-in-law, Jack, got it. Now, they do. <laughs> Don't ask me why he's so excited. That's a little weird. But let me just tell you something, okay? Let me tell you about God's goofy gift exchange at Christmas. It's basically white elephant. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. God made him who had no sin, that would be Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know what that is? That's a bad deal. That's a bad trade. That's a white elephant gift. He got our sin and we got his inheritance. Paul says in Romans, the gift you received brought about your adoption. We can say, Abba, Daddy, Father. His spirit testifies that we are God's children. And if we are his children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. That's the good news of great joy that will be to all people. Sovereign Lord, my eyes have seen your salvation. You get to be the brother or the sister of Jesus for crying out loud. There's no better present than that. The penalty that I should have paid for my sin. And hey, I've got to tell you, if you watch the outtakes, I put the soap in my mouth when I was at the Christmas story house. And it's really nasty. Don't ever do that. Life Boy was the worst, okay? But, but, but you know what? I'm a sinner just like you. I don't get to go to heaven based on my own merit. That's, what the, that's the reality of what we're talking about. That's why I want you to understand how much your father loves you. That's why my hope and my prayer for Christmas Eve 2017 is that you'll understand that your deepest Christmas expectation was already met. And you'll say yes. Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote a beautiful Christmas song years ago. I was listening to it on a Pandora station. It just struck me. The, the lyrics were, it was the night before Christmas and all through the world. Everything looked like business as usual. Shepherds sat on a hillside looking up at the stars. While the world fell asleep, unaware just how deep was the darkness the night before Christmas. And that, that was the line that just hit me. 
while the world fell asleep, unaware just how deep. That darkness was, the darkness is much darker than we even know. We didn't know what we needed. We thought it was a Red Ryder BB gun, but it was way deeper than that. Did the shepherds even know? You got to understand, there's more to this whole story. Shepherds in that area, Bethlehem was just a few miles away from Jerusalem, would have probably, scholars agree, most likely the shepherds were taking care of sheep that weren't being raised for, for their meat or for wool. They were being raised for sacrifice. They're right there by the temple. God set up the Old Testament system so that that people would sacrifice for their sins because he wanted them to understand the gravity of their sin. He wanted to understand how how deep the darkness was that they were unaware of. So there was a sacrificial system, but he always said it's never going to fully take everything away. Someday, however, the Lamb of God is going to come and take it away forever. So process that. It's not just the myrrh baby gift, weird baby gift. The, the other part of your nativity scene is that the sacrificial lamb watchers were the first ones to get a message from the angels. They were the first ones, other than Mary and Joseph, to see the Lamb of God. John the Baptist, when Jesus started his ministry, said it this way, look, here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Maybe you didn't know that was your greatest Christmas expectation. Maybe salvation wasn't even on your list, but I can assure you nothing is more important. That neighbor whose trash I rated for Hannah Montana poster was not just a 20-year neighbor. He was a really, really good friend. And if you could have asked Jim two years ago what he wanted for Christmas, I guarantee you he would have said, I don't need anything. I got everything I need. He was that kind of guy. He was way more giving than receiving, and he was blessed. He had a great wife, great kids, great family, great job, all all of it. It was all all great. If you would have asked him last year what he wanted for Christmas, everything changed. That's what we all wanted for Jim for Christmas last year, healing from brain cancer. Happens that fast, one diagnosis, and all of a sudden, yeah, there's a deeper need This year, and for all the Christmases that are to come throughout eternity, Jim is grateful for one thing, the unearned, unmatched gift of inheritance into God's family. Because that is where he is, and that's where he always will be. And I think he would tell you that the gift you're looking for may be over in the corner. You may not even realize it's there, but it's the only gift you will ever need forever. And your good heavenly father loves you enough to give you the very best. All you need to do is accept it. If you've never done that, I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. You don't have to pray out loud, but I'm just going to pray. And I'll, there'll be a part in this prayer where I'll just ask you in your heart to pray with me. And open up your heart and accept the gift. <laughs> it's really that simple. Yeah, your father loves you. He gave it to you. It's over in the corner. Open it up. Father in heaven, my life's mission, if it includes putting on a bunny suit, is to help people understand that you are a good, good father and that you love us and that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's that simple. 
And Lord, we're sorry that we don't see it. We, we're, we're sorry that, that we think we have to try to work around it because it's right there. You gave it to us. We have to do nothing to receive it except say yes. So God, thank you for being such a great father. Thank you for having that smile on your face like Darren McGavin did when he gave his son a BB gun in a silly movie. Times a million because you knew what it was that we really needed. Jesus, thank you for being that gift. Thank you for coming and, and, and coming all the way down to the form of a baby so you could grow up and be like us. But thank you that you didn't let it stop there, that you died to pay for my sin and you rose again to show me that that's where I will be forever. So right now, Jesus, if there are people that need to accept this gift, knock loudly on the door of their heart. And people, if you want to receive it in your heart, just pray this with me. Jesus, you are the gift I didn't know I needed this Christmas. Jesus, I didn't even know I could have this gift. So I'm going to say yes. Because how could I not? I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be anything. I just have to say yes. So I accept. I accept the gift of forgiveness. I accept salvation, which will lead to other things in my life. But this is the one thing I know I needed. And Jesus, I'm going to follow you because I want you to be not just my Savior, but my Lord. And I know that you know the best gifts for me and you know the best life for me. And I'm going to follow you. All of us pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.